This is an AI Group podcast. In this podcast, we'll be discussing the most significant workplace relations issues of the month. The full members-only report is available on our website at aigroup.com.au in the policy section under Workplace Relations Policy and Advocacy. With me today to discuss the key aspects of this latest report, I'm speaking with Stephen Smith, Head of National Workplace Relations at AI Group. I'm Tony Melville, AI Group's Head of Communications. So, Stephen, it's only been a few weeks since the federal election and, of course, the major changes that would have accompanied a Labor victory are no more. And what we're looking at today, then, is what the Morrison government will be doing on a workplace relations front. So what are the key aspects of the policies from the incoming Morrison government's perspective? Well, we now have a a new industrial relations minister, Christian Porter, And in uh, the minister's early comments, he's uh, indicated that he's going to have a focus on compliance with the law and looking at what uh, changes need to be made to the workplace relations system that will benefit uh, all parties. But we get the impression that there won't be sweeping changes to the system, but perhaps some modest reforms to address uh, problems that are there. And what uh, specifically, what key policies do you think we'll be keeping an, an eye on and that'll be entering Parliament the next few months? It, there uh, are a few bills that were introduced into Parliament during the last term that weren't voted on in the Senate. So we understand the government's still committed to pursuing those bills. Uh, one of them is called the Proper Use of Worker Benefits Bill. And this is intended to implement more Uh, stringent governance arrangements around worker entitlement funds and uh, union insurance arrangements like these construction industry redundancy funds. Uh, At the moment, there's a a distinct lack of governance and money is being transferred from those funds to uh, unions and it really does need to be uh, tidied up. And this is big money we're talking about. Vast sums are being transferred to unions like the CF double MEU, the ETU, and and others, and uh, you know this uh, is a, an ongoing problem. And this bill would address it very comprehensively. You know, AI Group very strongly supports that bill. Uh, another bill that was before Parliament during the last term is called the Right to Request Casual Conversion Bill. This would give casuals the right to convert to permanent uh, full-time or part-time employment after 12 months of regular work where they haven't got that right at the moment under an award or or enterprise agreement. Uh, A third issue that the government's uh, announced it's going to look at is a national labour hire licensing scheme. Um, This could be a a good thing given that we've now got very uh, broad and problematic schemes in a number of states. So if it was a, a light-touch national scheme that was appropriately drafted and focused on areas uh, that were seen as uh, a problem, then it, it could be better than having all of these diverse, problematic state schemes. But as long as the national scheme overrode the uh, state schemes. How open do you think the state governments, which are Labor state governments, would be to abandoning their own Labor licensing schemes and adopting the national one? I don't think they're likely to do that, but there may be scope for federal legislation to override the state legislation. So those constitutional issues uh, should be looked at. And if a way can be found to do that, then 
that would be better than having these uh, problematic state schemes in operation. Okay. And so what, what other policies are we going to see from the Morrison government? Uh, there, there's a number of them. The, the government is probably going to have some interest in the enterprise bargaining area and what problems might be uh, arising there. And what we would like the government to do is to have a good look at the better off overall test for agreement making. At the moment, the decisions in that area say that the better off overall test has to be applied to every single employee. So if a, a, an agreement is proposed and lodged with the commission for approval, uh, they have to consider every individual employee. And if you've got hundreds or thousands of employees, that's just not practical. Okay. Well, just looking at the Labor side of things, now they're in opposition, obviously, and you said, mentioned Tony Burke as the new Shadow Minister for Industrial Relations. That I think we're calling it again, Industrial Relations. Um, so the ACTU had a big campaign. Labor picked up a lot of that. They had a big agenda. Have we seen the end of it? Will Labor be reviewing, refreshing its policies? Well, as we understand it, Labor is looking at all of the policies that they took into the election to see what might need to be uh, abandoned or amended. But those industrial relations policies that they took to the election are set out in quite a lot of detail in Labor's national platform that was approved at their December 2018 conference. So it's not easy, uh, I assume, for Labor to just... Uh, uh, abandon all of those policies. There's a lot of um, uh, very problematic aspects to those labour policies that uh, you know, we would certainly hope that they would review. Uh, the union movement, of course, ran a major campaign called Change the Rules that uh, reportedly they spent about $25 million on. Uh, a lot of that was aimed at a new uh, Labor government being elected and laws being changed. So there has been some debate within the union movement about uh, whether that was money well spent. Okay. So we've talked about the government and the opposition, but what about do we want policy-wise from the government? What are we pushing to the new minister to deliver? Well, uh, amongst those bills that the government has introduced, uh, we're very keen on the worker entitlement fund bill that I've spoken about. The casual conversion bill... Uh, what we would like to see there is the bill amended to uh, deal with the issue of who is a casual employee for all purposes under the Fair Work Act. There's a major problem at the moment given that uh, federal court decision last year in the Workpack versus Skeen case. You know, the whole issue of uh, who is a casual and uh, to be a casual, do you need to be working a, an irregular pattern of hours? You know, that that's uh, led to a lot of uncertainty. All of that could be dealt with very satisfactorily by uh, using that bill to define casual employment for all purposes of the Act. You know, the appropriate definition is if you're engaged as a casual and you're paid as a casual, uh, you are a casual. It, it should be as simple as that. That's consistent with the industry practice and the award definitions of casual employment. And we're also arguing for some change around the better off overall test. Yes. So we'd like to see a different better off overall test, one that applies to logical 
groups of employees uh, rather than every individual employee. But the whole agreement-making process, the better off overall test and the procedural requirements need to be looked at. Uh, the the agreement-making system needs to be a lot simpler than it is at the moment. Okay. So um, any other other policies there that you'd single out? Um, Another key issue that needs to be fixed is this uh, black coal mining uh, problem. There, there are a lot of members of AI Group that are supplying products and services into the coal mining industry, particularly around Newcastle and Mackay. And at the moment, there's a lot of very costly claims being pursued, either on the basis of the Black Coal Modern Award and its uh, very generous conditions, or the Black Coal Long Service Leave Scheme. So we we. We want the government to address those very significant cost risks. Right. Okay. Now, just finally then in this brief podcast, the annual wage review, which uh, we all wait on every year. Now, it's been handed out just very recently. So what's the outcome of that and what's it mean for members? It's the outcome of the annual wage review this year is a 3% minimum wage increase. So that will increase the national minimum wage by 3% to a new rate of $740 or so a week. Um, Also, that will flow into all award rates. Uh, It sets a new minimum. If people are paid above the new award rates or the new national minimum wage, then uh, they don't need to necessarily pass that on. Uh, AI Group argued for a 2% wage increase, the unions sought 6% and the commissions decided on 2%. A 3%. A a 3%, sorry. Um, And uh, that's operative from the 1st of July 2019. With that 3% wage increase, it will bring our national minimum wage up to probably the highest of any national minimum wage in the world. Uh, We're we're up there, right up the top with uh, Luxembourg, um, and uh, you know we do have very generous minimum conditions in Australia. But does the three percent fall into the could have been worse category? Well, last year there was a three and a half percent increase. The year before there was a three point three percent increase. So it is a little lower than the last two years. But given inflation is uh, well below two percent and uh, average wage increases at the moment are around 2%. A 3% wage increase is still uh, on the the high side, certainly. Okay. So will detailed advice be going to members about these new pay scales? Uh, Yes. The process from here is the Commission uh, issues determinations varying all 122 industry and occupational awards. Uh, As soon as the new rates have all been calculated, you know, all the allowances calculated, we will get uh, member advices out award by award, uh, setting out all those new rates and allowances. Fantastic. Okay. Well, I think that's all for now for for this brief transcript. Now for this members only report, it's available on our website at aigroup.com.au in the policy section. And that's all for now. Uh, Thanks to Stephen Smith and we'll talk next time.